it is scary to think that I could have um, been killed, especially for my um, friends and family. Sometimes, like even now, I think how stupid I was just to keep accepting George back into my life. Olympic Channel Podcast. That was British sprinter Benice Wilson. I'm Andrew Binner, and this is the official Olympic Channel Podcast. Each week we find the very best athletes and speakers and we ask them all about the biggest Olympic talking points. Olympic Channel Podcast. A gifted sprinter from the north of England, Wilson was representing her country by the age of 15. But after university, her promising career took a turn for the worse. Dr. George Scafidis became Wilson's coach and coerced her into taking anabolic steroids. She got caught and that's not all. While serving her ban, Wilson tested positive again. But this time, she didn't even know she was doping. Scafidis, who was also Wilson's boyfriend, had swapped her vitamin C tablets for performance-enhancing drugs. But this time, Wilson quickly came clean to the authorities and severed all ties from Scafidis. Three years on, she competes as a clean athlete and is helping to prevent other athletes from making the same mistakes. Our reporter Ashley Tullock spoke to her over the phone. You're listening to the Olympic Channel Podcast. I was introduced to um, George when I was actually uh, training locally at the athletics club. And he was there just um, just jogging around. And eventually we had a meeting and he basically says that he would start to coach me if I was interested. So I met George in, I think it was 2007, and at the time I was um, 23. And then your relationship with him changed. How did that How did that happen? We eventually got into a relationship as well. Um, so we didn't just become coaching athletes, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. From then as well, I did feel that I could trust him at the time. My relationship with George changed. He became more possessive over me. At what point did you start discussing using performance-enhancing drugs? Um, when we first started, he actually mentioned, you're not going to get anywhere if you don't use them. I, for this, I said no at this point because obviously I didn't want to. And we broke up anyway, but we got back into a relationship. Um, and then I moved in with him. And he would say, again, you need to start using performance-enhancing drugs. Everybody does. You're not going to get anywhere without them. And I actually then began taking performance-enhancing drugs. So I was thinking, okay, everybody's taking them. And it was um, a time when I thought that George was somebody that couldn't... I don't know that everything that he said and he did was right. And I don't know why I thought that, but I began to feel like that. I think because I was feeling quite a bit on my own where I was living. I was quite, um, I was in an area where I didn't know many people as well. That's when I started, um, I did start taking performance enhancing drugs. And sometimes if I wouldn't, it would make, George even um, angrier. So George told you that everyone was was taking them. What was it that you were taking and how were you taking it? 
um, I was actually taking steroids and he said, oh, everyone's taking them and what I'm going to give you is a baby amount. And it was just a small tablet, uh, if I remember, a, a pink tablet. And at the time, I didn't feel there was um, a lot of difference, first of all, that happened to me. But then um, eventually I did feel that I could start to train for longer and I could start to lift weights in my in my gym sessions that were heavier, and it made it easier. Um, so that's that's what happened in regards to my training, um, and in my physique as well, I became more muscular, which is something that I wasn't so keen on because I felt I didn't look very feminine, if I'm honest. So it wasn't that that I was always quite conscious of that. Um, and also, I started um, running faster, and so I was winning more events as well. And I guess the other thing is that you were also becoming a role model. Yeah, so um, I did start to become a role model, and I was becoming featured in more local papers. Um, I was on the radio, the local radio, national TV, and I was also invited to do presentations as well for schools. And it was, I was starting to feel that I shouldn't be that role model that um, everybody, that, well, some people, especially children, seem to be looking up to. Sounds like there was a little bit of guilt. Yes, yeah. I became. Um, very guilty and quite scared as well because I could see that my body was changing and I actually didn't know if there was going to be any health implications in myself because George was very specific at times I had to take the performance enhancing drugs so it was the case of you have to take it at this time and at this time and um, it was kind of I did start to wonder about my health and safety really as to what was going on inside me and then you got caught I was drugs tested and that's when I actually got caught um and at the time um so I, I competed and I think it was um a little bit of time later I don't even know if it was within uh, a week or two, um, I found out that my sample had come back positive. So um, at the time, I was told that my sample um, failed the drugs test. And so I went through a very difficult time. Um, I Obviously, it was advertised as well. And I was quite naive at this point in how much it would be advertised. And so I was on social media looking at the reaction from people. I, I was in the national newspapers and I saw the reaction. Um, and I felt very, again, even worse on my own. Um, and I also felt that I had let people down, including myself. I'd let my family down, my friends down, people that looked up to me as a role model. Um, I went to the tribunal, which was in London, and I lost my case. Um, 
I didn't have anyone to support me, only George. He didn't say anything regarding um, his side of the story about saying basically that he was telling me to take them and that he said that everybody is taking them. So he basically told me to blame it on contamination. So to say that somebody contaminated my drink. And so I went with this story and um, I, when I got told that I had lost the actual case, I appealed and um, I'd also lost that case as well. And because I, they could um, see that it wasn't the fact that somebody contaminated my drink, I received the ban for four years. Um, so George didn't receive anything. I um, took all the blame and I, you know, I took the performance enhancing drugs. It was a really difficult time for me. I, I did continue training. It was mentally very tough to continue training, knowing that you wasn't going to compete for four years. Um, but I continued training because I'm an active person anyway. Uh, eventually things started you um you cook for me and I eventually moved I got a place of my own and um yeah slowly things started to look better for me so you were serving out the four-year ban and you know your life as you say was coming back together again and then with a few months to go before you would be free to compete again you tested positive how what happened was um I was living on my own for um, about six months, maybe. And um, again, me and George decided to get back together and he moved in with me, which was a really bad idea. Um, so basically, he then says, look, are you going to start taking performance enhancing drugs again? I said no. And um, I was being really, really careful with what I was taking I was checking everything because I really wanted to be really really careful there was one time when I think I had um I think I had bronchitis so I wasn't very well but I had to take um tablets that had some form of steroid in them and I remember checking with UK anti-doping because I was worried even though I needed it to get better I was worried that I would fail um, but I was told, because you're out of competition, you'll be fine. So I was being really, really careful. And then um, me and George, um, he, we had a discussion and he was still being quite forceful. Look, um, you need to take performance enhancing drugs. And I said no. So after some time, um, I was taking multivitamins. Um, just, uh, there were just multivitamin tablets like vitamin C tablets. And what he, um, I then tested positive and I, at the time, didn't know I'd been tested positive. Um, and so what happened was a letter came that was a recorded delivery. So somebody had to basically sign for it. It was from UK Open to say I tested positive. Now, after about a week or I think it was a week or two, I didn't know anything of this letter. Um, and George, at the time, he had gone to Greece because I think he did some lecturing in Greece. Um, and anyway, I then received, I think I received a 
phone call from UK Anti-Doping asking me what I wanted to do about my positive sample. I says, I haven't received a letter. And he says, you have. It was signed for. Anyway, eventually I found out that George had signed for this letter and ripped it up. And so he didn't, he didn't um, tell me, basically. And I remember ringing him in Greece and um, he didn't admit anything at the time, but eventually down the line, he admitted to ripping up my letter. So um, UK Anti-Doping sent me out another letter. If I remember rightly, it was by email. And I saw the fact that I'd tested positive. So I asked George if he knew why, and I was um, really um, worried that I'd done something in anything that I'd taken. I was being really careful, and I didn't understand why I tested positive. Uh, UK Antidoping were really, really supportive, and um, they basically um, said, you know, we, we will support you, but we need to know everything that's happened. Um, somebody in UK anti-doping, because me and George again have split up, said, okay, just tell him that just, you're going to have to just say to him that you'll um, consider the relationship if he tells you the truth. You need to get it out of him because something's obviously happened. So I said this to him via Skype because he was in Greece and we were Skyping quite a lot. And he said, um, okay, I actually swapped your vitamin tablets for performing enhancing drugs. And because I thought, okay, nobody's going to believe me, well, I, I, I was under that impression. I actually, whilst I was on Skype on my laptop to him, I actually recorded the conversation on my phone. And so, I, and he wasn't able to see it. And that's what um, I did. And he admitted everything. Uh, he admitted to ripping up the letter. He admitted to swapping my tablet. Um, and what happened was I then had a meeting with UK Anti-Doping. They were really helpful and supportive and I they gave me advice of getting a solicitor. So I got a solicitor um, who was really, really helpful and, um, and yeah, and so I had meetings in London with UK Anti-Doping and my solicitor and I told them everything, even from the first ban. And they were really appreciative of that. And so I still, because at the end of the day, I, I didn't know what the substance was there. Well, at the time I thought there were my vitamin tablets, but because I ingested them, I still received a ban of 10 months. Um, but George, because of everything that he put me through, he received a lifetime ban and... Um, I was told as well that everything with what he was giving me, it could have killed me. And he's still living in, in Greece as far as I know. Quite a lot to, to take in. And even for you, given that it's own, you know, your own story, it must be difficult at times to, I guess, be able to look back now and think that could have killed you. Is it quite scary? Yeah, it is scary to think that you that I could have um, been killed, especially for my um, friends and family. It was, 
um, it is a lot. And sometimes, like even now, I think how stupid I was just to keep accepting George back into my life. It it wasn't worth it at all. And it was definitely a danger to my life. And it, it really did, uh, it was a massive negative. It had a massive negative, negative impact on me as um, a person and everything that I'd worked for as well from the age of eight years old from when I was doing my run on sports day. So um, it was definitely not worth it. And even now, you know, um, I don't even take any vitamin tablets right now at the minute. I'm, I'm even, I'm so, so careful. If I was to give advice to any other um, athletes, it would be a case of just of about being extremely careful with what with what you're taking and make sure that you are reading uh, labels because I do understand how you know sometimes it can be by accident where somebody has taken a performance enhancement drug so they don't uh, drugs they don't know what's within the um, what's in the content what's within that product but it is about just being extremely careful because at the end of the day it's the athlete that is possibly going to face the consequences. How upsetting is it for you that the doping sort of overshadowed your career? It was it was very upsetting. Um, even when I was when I wasn't banned anymore, there's still people still uh, knew. Well, well, some people knew my past. Really, they wouldn't. They were respectful and didn't say anything negative, not to my face anyway, as far as I know, um, when I was at different competitions. But it's just a case of it did have this sort of black cloud over my career. Um, so there was nothing I could do about that because at the end of the day, people have the right to think what they like. So um, some people were really, uh, well, there was a lot of people really supportive and um, they were really pleased to see me compete again. You know, I'm not somebody to talk about it loads because it's not the best thing to talk about, really, in terms of um, just as an everyday conversation because it's, you know, with the negative impact it had on me. But if I was to have any questions asked about it, obviously I'd answer, I'd answer them. Um, but it's just something that, um, that overshadowed my life a lot. But now I do feel in a better place to talk about it more now than what I did um, previously. You're now on the UK Anti-Doping Commission, aren't you? Yeah, so I'm on the UK Anti-Doping Commission. Um, and it was something I got approached um, uh, by them and by the chairman. And it was actually, um, I was really appreciative. and. Um, I was I was just honoured to be asked, really. So it's kind of like I sort of can give a different look on things. So I'm with a, a really fantastic group of athletes, um, some that don't compete anymore, but they are really high profile that have been to Olympics and have um, won really fantastic events. And so not all in athletics, it's different sports. So, um, so we do meet, um, various times in the year and um, it's really good to be to be part of that group 
And so I feel that I can um, contribute and say um, just different things that I went through and hopefully try and help um, other athletes. Uh, I also uh, did complete my UK anti-doping advisory course as well. Difficult UK anti-doping advisor. It's a course online um, that is free to take, and it's very informative, and it just helps you to, if you are to come in contact with anyone where you find that they're considering taking performance-enhancing drugs, you can give them help as into where to um, check any medication that they're taking or also give them advice and why not to take performance enhancers. So for someone who is doping, why do you think that they should come forward? I, I, I feel they need to be true to themselves for a start and they need to, if somebody's assisting them with, with that, so whether it's a coach or another athlete, um, they're probably having some sort of negative impact on um, somebody else. So it might not just be them. If people were are to come forward, they and I would hope to think that um, the actual anti-doping body will support them as well. I doubt that they would just be unsupportive because they, you know, I'm sure they would give them the support that they need. It's certainly a journey that you've been on, but where are you at now? So, yeah, I've been on um, a very big journey. So now I'm, um, I am still competing, but it will be my last year, possibly this year, um, come August. So I'm not going to be so committed in athletics anymore. I can see myself still uh, running because it, um, I, I'm an active person anyway. I don't like not to do anything. So, yeah, I mean, I have, um, I'm, I have a good job now. I work with very good staff, and I'm, um, I'm, I work in a hospital. I'm really um, proud of where I've got to. Uh, I do feel that um, I can help in ways, um, whether it's uh, uh, interviews or any presentations, any talks. I do feel that with everything that I've been through, that I can hopefully um, put the message across of um of what I've what I've been through and for people not to go through what I went through so what would your message be for someone who may be considering taking supplements to try and you know enhance their performance so for me um the message that I'd give to somebody that um wants to enhance their performance and this they're considering taking something um to enhance their performance is basically not to it definitely isn't worth um all the negative impact that you that they'll receive and um it's not worth doing it to your body as well because there is that risk and i think people forget that there is going to be um possibly some negative risk on their health and it's just a case of being true to yourself because if you do work hard enough um, and you do keep going and not giving up at what you want to achieve, you will get there anyway. Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. Podcast.
thank you to Bernice for sharing her fascinating story with us and also to Ash for the interview. Don't forget, you can find our social media channels with the handle at Olympic Channel. If you have any thoughts or opinions on the podcast or perhaps just want to share your favourite Olympic anecdote, please do. We love to hear all your feedback. Finally, you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and find loads of other great interviews as well. That's it. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Think like an Olympian.